The Utah Jazz were a bit spooky. They were a little creepy. But the Denver Nuggets flew away on the broomstick every time they needed to tonight behind Nikola Jokic for a 27-point, 10-point, 10-rebound, 11-assist. Triple-double, and Denver stays undefeated as the Jazz fall in the Mile High City. That's next on Postcast. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. David Locke along with Ron Boone after the Denver Nuggets defeat the Utah Jazz by the final score of 110-102. The Nuggets jumped out early. They led by 10 at the end of one. This is what they've done to everybody so far this year. It's really it's quite impressive what they're doing to people. If you look, they're 4-0 and on the year. At the end of the first quarter, they led the Lakers by 14, the Grizzlies by 7, and the Thunder by 11, and the Jazz by 10. So they have led by 42 points. At the end of the first quarter, in the opening 48 minutes of first quarters, there really you can't be more dominant than that. And then they just held the lead the rest of the way. The Jazz would work it back to like seven, and then they would just shove the Jazz away and take it back to 11. Uh, there are a lot of things to talk about the Jazz. They did some things really well. Some guys had some good nights, but let's start with Denver for a second. They We, we opened the broadcast, if you had heard it, which no one did. Um, side note story. Uh, about continuity, about championship about Nikola Jokic, and those were the things that dominated this game really throughout. Yeah, as you mentioned, that first quarter has been awfully good to them uh, all season long, shooting over 50% from the field, and, and it's just that's just the way they've been dominating. So for the most part, teams have been playing uphill. You know, they led by 17. Uh, the Jazz got within six, uh, and then they just, you know, changed the personnel, a guy or two, and then all of a sudden the lead is back up to 10. Good thing, I think, from the Jazz standpoint is they stayed – engaged they stayed yeah. in it they ran their stuff they got better as the night went on um you know they end up losing by eight after trailing by 10 at the end of one so in theory they won the final 36 minutes i think i think there are some positives that this team against the best there is in the nba what they can take out of this and will talks about that all the time just can continue to get better at, at most of the things that they're trying to do out there on the floor you see in practice how they continue to work on certain things over and over and over and over just get try to get to the point where it's, it's like the like the Denver Nuggets, to where the, the offense is just efficiently working because of, of the system. And it, sooner or later, they'll get there. The fact is, if you're going to beat Denver, I think at this point, you're going to have to have an unreal shooting night. Yeah. Jazz did not do so. They were 11 of 37 mm -hmm. from three. Mm -hmm. Lowry was five of 13. He got 13 threes off. Lowry's not getting to the line, by the way. Lowry only had two free throws again tonight. He did not take one, I think, in Phoenix. And I think only had a few in the Clipper game. That's probably something we should look into. Uh, let's start off with the one disconcerting thing, and then we'll turn to the positive. Jordan Clarkson is just super far off his game right now. Two of ten tonight, only with a, kind of an irrelevant lay-in at the end. He has ten turnovers in the last two nights and 11 mm -hmm. points. Um, what, obviously, he's frustrated. You can see it on his face. He's such a competitor mm -hmm. that he does get frustrated. W what did you see that's going on with Jordan? Well, you can see, he's, as you just mentioned, he's frustrated. And, and you know, he's a shooter. He's used to those shots going in. He's used to those off-balance shots going in. He's used to playing at a, at, at a fast pace and, and uh, in other words, just getting it going. All of a sudden, he, he's, he's got 10 points in a quarter or something like that, and, and it's not happening. We watched him last year get frustrated when it wasn't falling, but then he would bounce back and, and, and get it going. And right now, he is really – he played 33 minutes tonight, and, and usually that kind of – uh, time on the floor. He's done something very, very positive. All right, let's go to the positive. One Walker who has been scuffling a little bit. 
Will Hardy spent some time in the press conference the other day talking about it. Walker talked about it. Uh, he was really, he was available tonight. I, I don't know if he was any better tonight in the sense that I don't think the same opportunities availed themselves in previous nights, but he took advantage of those. The Jazz were driving, bringing Jokic to the ball and th- lobbing over the head, and he was just dunking. But that's great. It's got to give him some confidence. And it's really, to me, it's a bigger sign. And this is probably what the case will be with Walker. When the Jazz are executing their offense right and taxing the defense getting downhill, that opens things up for Walker. When you're not taxing the defense downhill or getting bringing anybody the ball, then you're not going to be able to find things open for Walker. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and you, you can read into what you want as far as his game tonight, but that's what presented him, you know, because we expected that. Uh, Jokic is not a rim protector. Uh, he's not that quick of foot. He's But, you know, but Tucker ended up finding him quite a bit there in that in that third quarter, especially fourth quarter rather, uh, to the point at the rim. So that's what you expect out of him being able to score at the rim, uh, and his confidence definitely is probably going to. He ended up with 13 rebounds there. We well. did see the Jazz play the I think the way they want to. Their their offense was was fairly putrid to start. It was 80 offensive rating in the first quarter and an 88 in by halftime and. We had Evan Brads on at halftime, and he said, like, we're getting pretty good looks. We're kind of getting what we want. We're just not making some shots. They were 6, 5, and 15 from 3 at that point. I think we saw them have a much better offensive second half. They got some things in that second half they can they can build off of. They ended up shooting 42% from the field, but they had a 56% quarter in that fourth quarter. And even in the uh, – yeah. That was a that was the best quarter. That fourth quarter was the best quarter as far as percentage is it's concerned. But you know, as you mentioned earlier, they continue to fight, continue to stay in there, uh, playing very very hard. And again, got within six. Had Michael Malone calling timeouts so he can put a different guy in or, or do something different. And uh, but you know, this is what we or hopefully this is what we see out of the Jazz all season long. Just continue to fight. And Denver being on the back of back end of back to back may have contributed to this. They only shot nine of twenty eight from three, but. For the first time this year, the Jazz actually had a really good defensive rating. The Jazz defensive rating tonight was a 111, which is particularly good considering the fact that Denver was a 118 during the regular season last year. They've been a 121 so far this year, and they were a 118 in the playoffs last year. So to hold Denver to 111 defensively is the first night this year we've seen the Jazz actually have a a, a solid, good 48-minute defensive basketball game. And watching the scheme that they wanted to put together this morning in practice, it worked a couple of times and a few times it didn't. Jokic is very, very smart. Uh, and he sees you coming. He's so good at looking over the top of the defense, finding the open open man, whether they're cutting or for a three-point shot. But the scheme they put together this morning, you could just see that you know everybody, everyone was engaged and tried to make it happen. Uh, late in the ball game in that fourth quarter, it did happen. I mean, they worked it very, very well. They came up with, with, uh, with the with the steal and one. The next time they came up with, with just a missed shot, and they were off and running. Uh, from another Jazz standpoint of things, Colin Sexton hit his first two threes of the year. Taylor Horton Tucker had an eight assist, sixteen rebound game. Had a good start to the game. It's been a little up and down for these guys in their roles. It seemed like Colin played a little bit more off the ball tonight and was able to just kind of attack. Taylor still playing on the ball. Um, better nights for those two had both had pretty uh, tough nights in in Phoenix. Well, you can see that that uh, Will is still searching, you know, and and uh, sooner or later he'll have a rotation. Uh, you get the feeling that that George is going to be a part of that rotation to the point where it, well, they'll knock it down to maybe a three three guard rotation. Uh, well, you, Chris Dunn only played six minutes tonight. Yeah, so it, it's it's a possibility that just 
might happen pretty quick. And the sooner that happens, the more confidence the guy has. He knows when he's going in the ball game, uh, and it, it just seems to work. You know, when guys know when they're going in. Lowry Markin in 27 points, but on 24 shot attempts, 13 of those three and 14 rebounds for the Jazz, who trail it by 10 at the end of one, 13 at the half. They got it down to 11, then they cut it all the way down to five. They really pestered, stayed in this game, stayed engaged the whole way, and then Denver just made the plays. And you pointed out on the postgame show, Denver's fourth quarter offense was is really what makes them so impressive. Look, they end up shooting 50, 70% in that fourth quarter. I mean, that is... I mean, you're not going to lose very many bas- basketball games shooting that type of percentage. But the Jazz ended up outscoring them in that quarter by three, even though they shot 70% and trying to get themselves back in. But don't be upset with um, – um, obviously, we're not upset. But marketing getting 24 shots. Um, good. He's got He's got to get 20 at least yeah. in, in a ball game. All right, Ron. We didn't see Phoenix at full strength, but if they have Booker and Beal. Yes. If the Clippers are who we saw them, if they're healthy, the Warriors are who beat New Orleans by 30 today. The Lakers, whatever they might be, I'm not sold, but a lot of people are. Who is the biggest challenger to the Denver Nuggets? You know, until I see Phoenix full strength, um, I'd have to see a system. I mean, something that they're doing that involves everyone other than isolations, you know, that, that type of thing. Uh, on paper, I think anyone challenging the Denver Nuggets is going to be the Phoenix Suns. The but, only one that's interesting to me is whether the Clippers can – Denver's so much bigger than everyone. Denver's really big, right? Their smallest guy that plays right. is Reggie Jackson. It's like 6'4". It's six, not four. like they're big and slow. I mean, they're, those, they're big. Two, those two big other guys are pretty quick and recover very well defensively. The only team I, I wonder that might be able to give them a hard time is the Clippers because the Clippers are as big as they are. Yeah, they, they, they're, they're monsters out there, right? So Covington, you're running out Covington and you're running out – Leonard and you're running out George and you're running out, you know, this big, huge, massive and Westbrook's got the, you know, is big on Jamal Murray. Um, you've got the two seven footers in the middle. Like I, I actually, I, I would have actually taken the Clippers as the team specifically to challenge Den- the, the healthy Clipper team to specifically challenge Denver. I'm not sure their offense is good enough though. I could agree with you on that until I see Phoenix at full strength. Okay. Yeah. That is Postcast tonight. Thanks very much for tuning in, David Locke, Ron Boone. I'll have Locked on Jazz for you tomorrow. Thanks very much.